Lord, let's give it up for our worship team. Amen. While we're at it, let's just give it up for our ushers, give it up for our greeters, give it up for our nursery workers. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to the word of the Lord right now. Let's go to Exodus. Exodus, the uh, 14th chapter, Exodus 14. Let me get set up here. Exodus 14. We're continuing in our freedom series, and I'm hoping and praying before we get finished uh, that you will discover new levels of freedom uh, that you may or may not have in your life right now. I just believe that as I continue to walk with God, the word of the Lord says, I will know the truth, and the truth will set me free, and the truth will make me free. <laughs> and so the more I know him, the more freedom I discover in him. As I told you Wednesday night, I, I want you to get this. Jesus is the example for us until we come to realize he is the example of us. He's the example for us until we realize he is the example of us. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And the word of the Lord tells us as, as Jesus is, so are we in the world. As Jesus is, so are we in the world. Now I want you right now to pray with me because Christianity is not a spectator sport. It is a... It is not even a sport. It is a lifestyle of participation. And you will get out what you put in. And so I want you to agree with me right now. Father, in the name of the living God, we come before you. Lord, this service has been saturated, Lord God, and soaked in prayer. We believe, Father, that you have divinely appointed those to be here today. And, Lord, we just lean entirely into the grace that, Lord God, you give us through faith, and Lord, I just ask in the name of the living God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, let your will be done. And Father, I do not take, Lord God, my position, Lord, my obligation, Lord God, lightly. I ask, Father, that you would speak, God, through me, that, Lord, that there will be those that will hear your voice in Lord God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Freedom Series, today I want to talk to you about leaving bondage behind. Leaving bondage behind. Let's look at Exodus 14. What we have here is the children of Israel have been in Egyptian bondage for, they've been in Egypt for over 400 years. They begin to cry out, we see in Exodus, long first three chapters, they begin to cry out to Jehovah God for deliverance. And God brought, raised up a deliverer named Moses. And we see that after Moses, take the time to read it, it's a fascinating story. But you see that Moses um, brings forth the word of God. There's judgment that takes place on each one of the Egyptian gods. We see the plagues that are poured out. That was in reference to God judging those gods of that world, of that nation. And now... It comes down to the time of deliverance, and the only way that they are released from that bondage is the result of the blood of the lamb. Each household was to slay the lamb and to apply the blood upon the doorpost. 
Now the Lord, it wasn't coincidence that when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And so as we see the blood of the Lamb, we know that's a reference to the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, from there, they find themselves hemmed in. They are trapped by the land. The enemy's behind them. There's, there's a Red Sea in front of them. And there's mountainside on either side of them. They are trapped in their circumstance. But they went the way God told them to go. <laughs> the Lord has staged a conflict because he wants to reveal himself in a greater way. Now we take up the story here. As the Lord has instructed Moses, we begin in verse 21. I want to read down to the end of this chapter, Exodus 14. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all night, made the sea into dry land. And the waters were divided, verse 22. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. All of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and troubled the armies of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with much difficulty. <laughs> you ever had a flat and you stayed on that rim because you, not, you couldn't? Yeah. This is worse than that. <laughs> And he took off the chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. Oh, God, let the enemy drive his vehicles with difficulty. <laughs> and the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Well, they're talking about themselves in third person. But now, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth, while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So that the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, all of a <laughs> the army of Pharaoh, that came into the sea after them, not so much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on the right hand and on to the left. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the shore, seashore. Now, we have a water baptism today. And I, I just, talking about freedom and, and what freedom represents and how we step into freedom, I love the Word of God. I love the portraits of the Word of God. I love how 
the Lord gives so much imagery in his word to lead us to the ultimate truth that we discover in Christ. Now, I won't take a lot of time to, to, to backlog, but I just want to say to you, as maybe those that haven't heard this teaching yet, let me just say, any time that you see in the Word of God where the covenant people pass through water, it is, <laughs> we've got to observe that it is a miraculous event. It causes a new paradigm. That place of promise. And he closed that door. So what we see here now is we see that Israel is now coming out of Egyptian bondage. And as the covenant people, they are going to pass through this doorway that God made through the water of the Red Sea. They're going to pass through, and when they get to the other side, they're not going to go back to Egypt again. They're not going to go back into bondage again. In fact, the, the bondage that they left should have been left in Egypt. Now, there was a desire of some of them that were unwilling to walk in faith. They wanted to go back, but God wasn't going to open that door for them to get back. It's going to be real hard to go back. Let's gather together a group of people. Let's select a leader, and let's make our way back to bondage. Because where we're going is too hard. Because in that wilderness of, of, of self, it's hard to navigate. It's hard to let go of the things you need to let go of. It's much, much easier to blame everybody else. It's much, much easier to blame the devil. It's much, much easier to blame the circumstance. The biggest challenge we have is not the devil. It's not sin. It's self. It's self. It is conquering the old, the old self to bring self into the realization of who we should be in Christ. Now, ultimately, ultimately, baptism is to lead us to a new spiritual reality. How do we know this? Matthew tells us, Mark tells us, and Luke tells us. Whenever they went down to the Jordan, went to the Jordan, Jesus, John saw Jesus, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, and Jesus stepped into the Jordan. John baptized him in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the waters of baptism, he's passing through the water. What we see is it wasn't the Jordan that opened. It wasn't the Red Sea that opened. It wasn't the, the, the waters of the flood in Noah's day that came down. It was the heavens, the Bible tells us, that opened. It was the heavens that opened. And then there was the declaration that came from the Father. Behold my son in whom I am well pleased amen I am well pleased when I'm in the sun I am well pleased when the sun is in me when I'm walking in the strength of the sun that the son Jesus Christ then I am well pleasing to the father amen now let me say to you if you will forsake this mindset that you could work hard enough to be good enough to get into the presence of God, you will have stepped into the arena of grace and you will walk by the power because you have the faith not in yourself. You know that you are sorry, no good. You know that you have failed and fallen and destroyed everything that is good around you. But when you step into Jesus Christ by faith, now you are allowing the power of the Spirit through him to operate operate in you. Now your life has been changed and now you are well loved by the Father. 
so we see here, baptism, as we're going to look here, and just uh, as we're going to witness the individuals being baptized, it is a portrait of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.12 tells us this, buried with him in baptism, in which we also were raised with him through the faith in the working of a God who raised him from the dead. Romans 6 and 4, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in the newness of mind. So water baptism is a portrait. What is it a portrait of? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus in us. How does that take place? It takes place when we surrender our hearts and lives to Jesus. What happens? We die with him, we are buried with him, and we are also raised with him. He came the first time, he will come the second time. We live our lives knowing that God is coming after his bride. We live with the understanding that God will have the final say here on earth. That this earth will be recreated into what he desires when he desires it. We understand that all the kingdoms in the world will not be able to stand against the awesomeness and the almightiness of the living God in whom we serve. So we live our lives accordingly. We live our lives knowing that Christ Almighty, if we were get get shot by, by Al-Qaeda or some perpetrator against the kingdom of God, if God said, your time is finished, uh, then we will step into the place of praise. Uh, we will step over into eternity knowing uh, that we will meet with our living God. Amen? So we live with this realization. That God is coming. That this world will not hold on forever in the present state. But there is a reality which is more real than the chair you're sitting in, in the air you're breathing. That the one who began the beginning, who started the start, will be the one who stands at the end. So as we look here, what we see in our present state is that God has given us victory through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because he died, we have hope. Because he was buried, we have hope. Because he rose again, we have hope. Amen? Not, not exclusive, together. He, he died for our sins. A perfect sacrifice. Perfectly innocent sacrifice. He died for the sin of all humanity, past, present, and future. And he gives the same opportunity to each individual who will hear the message and receive the message. But see, if he stayed in the grave, we would have no reason to shout. If he stayed in the grave, we would have no reason to rejoice. We would be no different than any other religion in the world. We would be no different than any other sect of, 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 of religion throughout the entirety of the world. But the fact is, he didn't stay in the grave because the grave had no hold upon him. He rose on the third day and he was glorified and he has ascended and sat down at the right hand of the Father for all of eternity. Amen. 
Now he said, you may participate. Not by going and making your sacrifice that will never accomplish the eternal salvation. He said, you can now participate by accepting my sacrifice as payment for your redemption and for now to become your way of life is to walk in the likeness and the image of God because he lives on the inside of you. Knowing that we live with this blessed hope that because Jesus ascended into the clouds, we as well, in like manner, will be there with God in eternity, all of eternity. This is the basis of our Christian belief. And it is the victory that we live in each and every day. And the Lord said, I'm going to give you a portrait of an, an old nature to a new nature, a, a, a wilderness to a to wonderment. But I also want to show you that here in this baptism by faith, that when we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, all of those things happen in a moment. All of those things happen in a moment. We just have to begin to walk in the reality that has been accomplished for us. We have to walk in the reality of the resurrection of Christ in us. So now we walk and we, we hold ourselves anchored in faith that God has given us to the grace of God to believe that what he has done, he has not only done for all, he has done for me. So as we look at that, what we see here is that Israel lived in bondage to Pharaoh, building Pharaoh's kingdom. Now, you may look on the History Channel and you see the pyramids that are over there and you see all the remnants of a, of a, of a civilization that's long since passed. And you say, oh, look what the Egyptians done. You need to realize it wasn't the Egyptians that built those things. It was the slaves' camps and the slaves in human trafficking. It's not a new thing. It's what the enemy's done from the beginning. But we see that many of the Israelites' slaves were the ones in there building the kingdoms of Pharaoh and they cried out to God and the Lord did not forsake but he already had a plan he's going to bring them out and so what we see is that they're going to leave their the country of bondage that they had been in for over 400 years they lived in a place of bondage but now God has raised up a deliverer, and he's going to lead them out. They will be set free because of the blood of the Lamb. And then God gives a portrait of what has been accomplished. They're leaving the place of bondage, and they're passing through the Red Sea. And when they get to the other side of it, that Red Sea is going to close up. And the same door that they went through, the enemy can't get through. <laughs> There's a lot of other religions tell you, I got the way, but no, that way is not going to work. There's only one way. And, and the enemy might want to lead you in a, in a path in a doorway, but that doorway, it, it's not going it's, it's to work for you. Because <laughs> there's only one way to the Father, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ. So I want you to notice something here. They're stepping in. Now, we're leaving bondage behind. 
We're leaving bondage behind. When you step into the kingdom of God and you surrender your heart to the Lord and you just say, God, I'm, it's not my life, it's your life. I've sinned, I've failed, Lord, I'm just, I'm accepting you as Lord. He becomes our Savior. And now we live out our days reconciling ourselves to the relationship of his Lordship. Continue on that path. See, I think many times as children of God, we think that we're trying to outrun bondage. We're trying to outlive bondage. I'm saying to you through the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you can take it to a place and you can let go of it and not pick it up again. We're leaving the bondage behind. We're leaving it behind. We've accepted a new reality. We've accepted a, a, a new paradigm. We've accepted the fact uh, that Jesus Christ has delivered us uh, from sin, Satan, and self. We understand that we are not trying to outlive our past. In fact, I love what Missy said last week when she testified. And she said, when you're looking for your purpose, uh, don't overlook your pain. Because it's in your pain many times that you discover your purpose. And even I want to say the deeper the pain many times, uh, the deeper the purpose. Because in that pain is where God will use that now to, to elevate and to deliver someone else as they identify with you. That's why we're having a cardboard testimony next week. So that people can see what God has done for you and where he has brought you from. I want you to notice something here. Jesus delivers us from bondage. All of Pharaoh's horses. Is that what your Bible says? Do you have that translation that says some of Pharaoh's horses? Some of his chariots and some of his horsemen? Just the occasional few? Just his, just, just his favorite ones? No, it, the Bible says all. What does all mean? All means all. All of Pharaoh's horses and all of his chariots and all of his horsemen got wiped out in that crossover. <laughs> I'm going to follow Israel straight into that place. You know, it's like he came to himself and he said, why in the world did we let him go? <laughs> why in the world did we let him go? I think, you know, <laughs> do what? There goes, my, there goes my brick makers. I, I'm not going to finish that pyramid that I started. Uh, you know, we got that sphinx that, uh, that, that, that steel's just half done. <laughs> it's it's going to be one of those uh, things where they're going to think the, the, the erosion had tore off the head. But no, it's, it's, it's because we ran out of laborers. Uh, wait a minute. This thing is messed up. I'm not quite finished with him. I think I will go after them. Only to step in not knowing there has been a conflict that has been staged for the ages. And now they're going to step into the place that they believe they're going to destroy the covenant people of God. But in the midst of that door that has been opened, God's going to close it back on them. And every bit of their strength is going to be gone. And that's going to be a reality for the kingdoms of this world in the not-too-distant future. 
but it is also a reality for every child of God that is living in this place right now that we can leave behind the bondage. Now, wait a minute. I've heard it said in the church so many times. I could, I wish I did, if I had a nickel for every time, I would be a multimillionaire. Maybe not. A little exaggeration. A little hyperbole. A little, little stretching it to get your attention. You know, I've heard people say, well, I wouldn't raise that way. If I leaned back on how I was raised, <laughs> man, I would be, I'd be in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> I'd have a bong and a beer, a bong in one hand, a beer in the other, <laughs> line of cocaine sitting in front of me. That's, you hear what I'm saying? Here's the fact. I, I, I might not have been born with it. <laughs> But I certainly had been born again with it. Amen? Amen. You understand that, that when we enter into the kingdom of God, we have stepped into a new reality. And though my father was bound, and though my mother was bound, and though my grandfather was bound, and my grandmother was bound, I, I'm, I'm on a new line. I have a new ancestry. I, you, can, you, it, you can't get it from a, a, from a physical DNA, but, but if you test my spiritual DNA, it'll say, oh, wait a minute, he's an Israelite out of the tribe of the tribe of Judah. He came from the lineage of Christ. Are you hearing me? You hear me? I'm, I'm, what the Lord is doing is just giving you some hope that it doesn't matter where you came from. It matters where you're going. It, it, it matters what, where you let go of that thing through the power of Jesus Christ. But that bondage is broken through the blood sacrifice of Jesus. My daddy was a drunk and a drug addict and an alcoholic. It doesn't mean that I have to be. It doesn't mean that I have to pass that on to my children. My mother and father both were depressed. It doesn't mean that I have to be depressed. It doesn't mean that I have to carry this on and continue it. I can let it go. By your own strength? No. By the strength of the power of the living God. I can let it go. We're, we're, not, we're not trying to outrun this thing. We're not even trying to fluff it up like it's something other than it was. It was ugly. It was nasty. It was disgusting. I wouldn't go back and relive it for all the gold and Fort Knox. I was trying to think in my mind, is Fort Knox got any gold left in it? <laughs> we don't know. Might have shipped it to China. Let's don't go there. <laughs> but see, when you come to realize, Jesus was manifest to do what? To destroy the works of the devil. But you realize John 16 and 11, of judgment because the ruler of this world has been just. And we, we see John 10, 10, the thief comes. What did he come to do? He come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. When we see in Isaiah 54 and 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. <laughs> Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says God. <laughs> 
And the Bible tells us in Joshua 1 and 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, uh, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. The word of the Lord declares to us that every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess of things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth. We see that Jesus declared all authority has been given to me. Both This was after his resurrection. He said all authority has been given to me, both in heaven and on earth. It doesn't matter if it's a spiritual authority, he has the authority. If it's on earth, he has the authority. John 16 and 33, he said, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. 1 John 5, 4 and 5, he said, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes Jesus is the Son of God. <laughs> that Jesus is the Son of God. That he was the blood applied to the doorpost of your heart at salvation. He is the one that no man shall be able to stand before. He is the one who is greater than you, than he that is in the world. And he's the one that brought you through. And then he consumed that Red Sea opened its mouth wide enough to devour all of the strength of the enemy. Swallow it up. What happened at the cross? Exact same thing. They thought they were had God over a barrel. That somehow the devil, if they had known, <laughs> if they had known, they never would have done what they did. But in what happened? God devoured all the curse and the judgment, the sin, the power of Satan, infused his people with the power to live because he lives on the inside of them. Amen? See, the, the water baptism is not just to, to get people wet. It's not just to get you in church. It's a portrait of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ inside those individuals. So that whenever they understand, I am buried with him, I'm also risen with him. When I, when I am buried with him, then all of my sin nature, all of, my, uh, all of the power of Satan, all of sin that I was written up against me has been buried with him. And now I rise with him. And now I walk according to his will. And as long as I keep trusting in him and holding on to him in faith, I have victory. And it comes from surrender. Amen? Surrender opens and closes. I want you to look there. Notice. Notice. In verse 21 and also in verse 26. <clears throat> then Moses stretched out his hand. I, I, if you go back and read and, and read the, the original language, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's so It's so beautiful. It's beautiful as we see the weakness of man and the strength of God. Here's Moses, and he, Pharaoh is, and all of his armies are coming after Israel, and they're getting ready to, he, he makes this declaration. He says, the enemies you see today, you're not going to see anymore. And they're like, man, that's, okay, he calms the people. Crowd, don't worry, God's got this under control. And then he turns in the Bible, and the, the Lord addresses Moses and says, Why are you crying to me? 
<laughs> Any leaders in here have ever like, calm down, it's all right, you're going to be okay. Then you turn around and you're like, oh, God, what's going to happen? You speak in faith, and then it's all of a sudden it's like, ah. I told you about the young man who's in Teen Challenge. He was a gang member in, in, in one of the big cities up there. When you saw Missy and Bob last week, and this one young man came down, and he, wasn't, he was young, but he, he wasn't little. He was big. He was like a head taller than me and just like a mountain of a man. And the, the, we had an evangelist. He was talking about being broken before God and crying before the Lord. And this young man came down, and he was so grizzled and hard and just... Just, I mean, steely eyes. I thought, man, if looks could kill, I'd be twice dead and, and plucked up. And this guy was just looking at me. And, and he responds to the altar. So I thought, you know, free game, you're here. All right. So he comes down, and he doesn't know God. He's just new to the program. I look at him, and I don't know what came over me. Maybe the same thing that came over Moses. I looked at him, and I said, God's going to break you, and you're going to cry. But inside, I'm going, oh, Lord God, what am I doing? What am I saying? So I said it again just to build my own faith. I said, God is about to break you. And you're going to cry like a baby. Jesus. I don't know if I had a word of the Lord or God just thought, I'm going to save him right now from a choking. That dude broke. He broke bad. <laughs> he broke so much that he fell on my shoulder and he snotted. He didn't just cry. There was a cry so deep inside of him. It was coming from a place that... He had seen his brother get shot to death as a gang member. He had just he was grizzled. He was hard. He had not cried in 15 years, and he was just his life had just hardened him. He was just he he just found himself at a place where he could not self stop self destructing, and he's standing there. And God sets him up for the moment, and he uses a weakling like me to go over there and declare to him. And then he breaks, and when he broke, he just snotted all over my suit. And I didn't have the heart to give it to a cleaner, so I took it off and I threw it away. <laughs> I had a point in there somewhere. See, notice there in verse 21, stretched out his hand. Verse 26, stretched out his hand over the sea. Moses was there, children of Israel crying out to him. And he makes that faith declaration, the enemy you see today, you'll see no more. And when he surrendered, the sea opened up. And they got to the other side of it, and he surrendered, and the sea closed up. See, there's power and surrender. So much power and surrender. When you surrender your life to God, He opens up that path that you make your way through. 
And when you feel the luring of the enemy to draw you back into the place of bondage, you just lift your hands and surrender, and he closes it up. So he, he opened, the surrender opened it, but also the surrender closed it. And there's a lot of individuals that come into the house of God or they're on the street and they hear a message or they're sitting, uh, they, they listen to a message on their phone or on the, on the television or whatever and they, they come to that point and they surrender and that door is open. And as they make their way through and that surrender fail, as the enemy brings temptation their way, they fail to Lift their hands and surrender to the completed work of Christ and let God close that door. Amen? To keep it closed. The last thing I see in this that I want to share with you is this. Notice there that the dead bodies washed ashore. They just... Now, there's going to be future battles that they're going to have to fight. Future battles to fight. These are slaves. They got wealth and resources in the sense that they went and plundered the Egyptians. God's going to bring the blood of the lamb and never doorpost that doesn't have the blood applied. Then the firstborn will be taken in that household. And you think, well, that wasn't very nice of God. Well, it was the enemy that started that because he slew the firstborn. Never heard this preached before. This is my own theory, my own hypothesis. There's soldiers, right, that were drowned. Soldiers generally have weapons, do they not? They washed ashore. They got their stuff. Makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> so the ones that came in to kill them, they took their weapons with them. That goes back to what Missy said. See, the, you're looking for purpose. Stop looking at your talents and your abilities. Not that those won't be included. You might want to look at your pain and say, wait a minute. How did God take my pain, put his promise to it, and make it a portrait of something beautiful? that others could see. That's called your testimony. That's called your testimony. See, it was the bad things that happened that God turned for good. It's the Israelite children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a furnace. And as they step into that furnace, and now God meets them in there. It's Daniel in the lion's den. It's David in the valley. It's, it's, it's Paul in the inmost prison. It's, it's God's deliverance from the place that they found themselves. The strongest weapon you have in your arsenal is your personal, authentic testimony of what God has done for you. That's why we're, we're doing the, the cardboard testimony, because the more people know that, hey, I'm, this, this is not just a unique thing that is isolated to me alone, but God is going to use this for his glory. Just a moment, there's going to be those. In fact, I want those being water baptized. I want you to go ahead and make your way out right now. Parents, uh, if, if you need to retrieve a child from, from Kids View, please do that now. Carol will be waiting on you. Just go outside this door right here. There's, there's a men's and women's. 
and we're going to come out in just a moment. So if you have a child that's being baptized, you can go back and grab them. If you're being baptized, just go ahead and make your way out this side door to the right, and then I'll join you in just a few minutes. But I'm going to say to those that are in this house today, that there is a world in which we are born into. Life is not always fair. Many times it's not. Many times it's cruel. Many times it is takes us a, a lot of years to kind of navigate through to get over. But I'm so thankful for the love of God that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed would not perish but have everlasting life. And then the Lord uses what you've gone through so that he can lead others to himself to show his love to the entirety of the world through you. I want a worship team to make their way up right now. Would you stand with me? <clears throat> Father, we love you. Father, we thank you. Father, we glorify your name. Father, you are worthy. You are worthy. Lord, you left the 99, God, to go after the one. But in order we stop to realize that we're the one. We stop to realize, Lord God, that your plan of redemption included us. You brought it through Israel, but my Lord, you, you included we Gentiles, all nations, to come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That we may have a personal relationship with the living God. And that, Lord, that you would take the destruction, the destruction, Lord God, of our life, Lord, that you would reconstruct it into something beautiful. God, we love you. God, we praise you. God, we magnify your name. God, we magnify your name. Holy God, we pray today. Hallelujah. 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 Look up here at me, if you will. If you're in this house today, there's areas that you're struggling with. You say, I'm a child of God, but I've got these areas that I'm struggling with. And you're tired of living in that place where you're trying to outrun it, you're trying to outlive it. You're trying to get enough distance between you and it so that you can feel acceptance. asking you to do that, nor is the Lord asking you to do that. 
He's asking you just to leave it behind by letting go of it. We're going to have a prayer right now that we're going to change the nature of the service. I'm going to step back. But if you're in this house right now, and this, you've been holding on to something you need to let go of. Just put your hand up right now. You've been holding on to something you need to let go of. Just keep your hand uplifted. Just keep it up. Father, Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, that Lord God is above every name, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. Not in our strength, not in our might, not in our power, but Lord God, in partnership, Lord God, as a child of the King, Lord, we just, Lord, we let go of it right now with the power of the living God and we reach up and hold on to you in faith. Now, Lord, that struggle, God, and that anxiety, Lord God, and that living through this, this thing, Lord God, that the enemy is tormenting us with, Lord, we are surrendering it to you. Lord, you brought us out. Lord, you can keep us out of bondage and you can keep us into the relationship of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, the same way we got out is the same way we're going to stay out, Lord God. You're going to close that door through our surrender. And, Lord, you're going to use, Father God, the enemy that's destroyed today. Lord, we're going to take up the weapons. And, Lord God, we're going to use them for the future battles, Lord God. That weapon is our testimony of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And, God, we give you the praise, you the honor, and you the glory. In Jesus' name. You say amen? Amen. God bless you today.